0: So awesome to be with you guys. Happy New Year. It's New Year's Eve and you are in God's house. Give your friend a high five, or if you're sitting by yourself, give yourself a high five. You are in church on New Year's Eve. Best place to be. When I was a kid, my dad would uh, take me to church on the way in Van Nuys, California. The service started at 11 p.m. and would go into the New Year. You didn't even realize it, and Jack Hafer would say, by the way, it's 12.05, Happy New Year, but it was so cool. It was such a tradition. We were at church at 11 p.m. We're not doing that tonight, unless I haven't heard about it, Uh, but New Year's Eve is exciting, isn't it? And this is also a new moment for me. Ryan has never been in the same room when I've spoken to a group, ever. He's usually alternating, so welcome, Ryan. Yeah, My title today is, Your Regular Life is Your Spiritual Life. And I'll be in 1 Chronicles 10, 1 through 14. But when I like to speak up here, I give you tons of other scriptures, but that's one of the big ones. Uh, But first, did you know that Hamas means violence in Hebrew? I looked that up. Quite living up to their name, right? So there's a picture of the Middle East, and I want you to look at this map. The red is Israel. We are talking about one sliver of land, and it's driving the Arab world crazy. Absolutely amazing. And in Zechariah 123 through 5, look at that one little sliver. Um, and they, they think they're occupying their land. Get out of our land. One tiny sliver, and it's driving them crazy. It's amazing. In Zechariah 123 through 5, in the New Living Translation, it says, On that day I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. On that day, says the Lord, I will cause every horse to panic and every rider to lose his nerve. All the clans of Judah will say to themselves, the people of Jerusalem have found strength in the Lord Almighty their God. Just phenomenal to see, can I see that map one more time? Just to see one baby little sliver of land and they're just want them out. It's fascinating. So anyways, I just saw that one to share. Did you guys know that it takes the interaction of 72 muscles, different muscles in our body, to produce human speech? 72 different muscles. It's hard work being up here speaking of talking speaking of talking the philistines we talked about samson and uh and his life being used to disrupt them what a story that was back in judges 13 through 16 when i spoke last time those chapters were so entertaining and powerful well just like samson saul also battled the philistines we'll be in first chronicles 10 1 through 14 and then first samuel 10 and 11 they're both very, this is so, such an entertaining and um, so many practical lessons I was learning from this. I was like, this is a perfect New Year's Eve message, especially as we go into this new year. Saul has a lot to teach us, and he was their new king, the very first king of Israel. So let's read First Chronicles 10, 1 through 14. I do a lot of summarizing, but then I'm like, let's just read the actual text. So 1, Samuel, 1 Chronicles 10, 1 through 14, the whole chapter. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, forcing the Israelites to flee. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan and his brothers. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor bearer, Take your sword and run me through before these pagan Philistines come and humiliate me. But his armor bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died there together, bringing his dynasty to an end. Verse seven, when the Israelites in the Jezreel Valley saw that their army had been routed and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Gilboa. So they stripped off Saul's armor and cut off his head. Then they proclaimed the news of Saul's death before their idols and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of their gods, and they fastened his head to the wall in the temple of dagon but when the people of Jabesh gilead heard that the philistines had done to saul their warriors went out and brought the bodies of saul and his three sons back to jabesh then they buried their remains beneath the oak tree at jabesh and they fasted for seven days Verse 13, so Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command, and he even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned his kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. The Philistines were closing in on Saul. In 1 Chronicles 10, one chronicles 1 through six, he gets severely wounded by an arrow from a Philistine archer. Saul decides to fall on the sword. His three sons are also killed and it's the end of his dynasty. Sad way to end, right? In utter defeat, utter defeat. In 1 Chronicles 8 through 10, the Philistines cut off Saul's head They take his armor and his three sons' bodies and they put them in the temple of Dagon. The Philistines like taking things to Dagon's temple, don't they? Did you guys know that temples, they were the first monumental uh, structures ever erected in the ancient world? Temples were the first monumental structures ever erected. Interesting fact. We talk about Dagon, the Philistine god. Remember the story in 1 Samuel 5? The Philistines took the Ark of God into Dagon's temple, and do you remember what happened? It fell face down, and then the next day broke in pieces just by being near the Ark of God. There is no equal to our God, amen? Lots of substitutions, but absolutely no equal, completely superior in every way. I told my friend Jessica about this message I was working on. I told her it's a great holiday message, kind of jokingly, and she said she just spoke with her husband at a church on Dagon's temple, Uh, but she had no idea that Saul's body ended up there. I gave her the verses. I said, I didn't make this up, she said, no way. His head got mounted on the wall? Where is that? I said, I'll give it to you right now. It's First Chronicles. Too funny. Of all the weeks we were both talking about Dagon's temple, I love when that happens. So random, right? In First Chronicles 10, 11 through 12, soldiers from Jabesh Gilead, it had two names because it bordered uh, both cities in northwest Jordan, they heard about what the Philistines did with Saul, and they traveled 13 miles each way to bring back Saul's head and body and his sons and properly bury them respecting the king with a proper burial how something ends can be important to new beginnings Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8 the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride How many times could we learn to be more patient? I know I can. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Solomon, David's son, wrote that. So the soldiers properly buried Saul and his three sons, and it says they fasted for seven days. Why would they fast so long? Who are these soldiers from Jabesh Gilead? Why would they go into Philistine territory to get Saul's remains? It says in 1 Chronicles 10 verse 1 that many were slaughtered on Mount Gilboa. That takes courage and a lot of effort. Your calling is bigger than you. It's about the people you are called to impact. The soldiers are traveling 13 miles each way and going to the Philistines to get Saul's body back. It really made me think, wow, why would they do that? When the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead, they heard of what happened to King Saul, they no doubt remembered that 40 years earlier, Saul had come to their rescue when an enemy threatened to take over their town. Saul had left a legacy with them that they didn't forget even 40 years later. Amazing, amazing. And all I would ask was, who are these soldiers? And you start researching and you're like, oh, that's why they would come get his remains and wanna bury him and respect him. 40 years earlier, he had rescued their town, amazing. Your calling is bigger than you. It's about the people that you are gonna impact. And he truly did impact them. Ecclesiastes one, a good reputation is more valuable than the most expensive perfume. I love that, a good reputation. I definitely want a good reputation. It's more valuable than the most expensive perfume. The story of how Saul helped the people of Jabesh Gilead is in 1 Samuel 10 and 11. In 1 Samuel 10, Samuel anoints Saul as the first king of Israel. The other nations had kings, the only difference now is Israel's king answers to a higher authority, the Lord of heaven and earth, which is important, right? That's probably the best one to be anointed under, the king of heaven and earth, so he's their first king. It says in 1 Samuel 10, verse 26, when Saul returned home after he was appointed, a band of men, whose hearts God had touched became his constant companions. But there were some wicked men who complained, how can this man save us? And they despised Saul and refused to bring him gifts. But it says Saul ignored them. Now this is a total side note. Total side note. But I'm glad you still have the wise men up. So speaking of gifts, there's this joke that says, if wise women came to meet Jesus instead of wise men, they would have brought diapers, casseroles, formula, baby blankets, not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It made me laugh because maybe next year we'll do like, if women came, they'd be helping Mary out a little more than gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it was just cute. All right, back to Saul. Saul ignored them. Ignored them. I loved that. But first uh Samuel ten twenty says, again, Saul ignored them. Ten twenty seven. Saul ignored them. I really thought I'm glad the Bible put that in, but Saul ignored them. How much energy do we spend on things, on people, on negativity that we should just ignore? Doctor Caroline Leaf says, release what released you release what released you Saul ignored them release them out of your mind out of your heart out of your anger out of your revenge it's a new year release it release them release whatever you're holding on to so ads thank you This is cute. He's like my cheerleading section. Good job, babe. Uh, It's a a new day. It's a new day. Um, At the Springs Preserve in Las Vegas, they have this exhibit. We used to take our kids all the time. Uh, I have an adorable picture of my kids on both of those, but I couldn't find it. So you just get the exhibit at the Springs Preserve today. One is dark, as you see, and one is light. The lighter one is always, always, always cooler in temperature than the darker one. One absorbs and the other one deflects. One absorbs, the other one deflects. Let things bounce off of you this year. Don't take everything to heart. It will only make your internal temperature rise. And isn't that so easy to do? We can get so angry about everything. I was at um, a Walgreens yesterday. I did the mobile order. I bought a toothpaste. I said, you're welcome to switch it out. She didn't switch it out. And I said, there's one that has the exact name on the shelf. I told you you could switch it out. She goes, yeah, well, I didn't switch it out. And I was like getting annoyed. And I'm like, it's, it's just toothpaste, Jana. Don't get bothered by something that I don't have to. I just de- deflect it, deflect it. We don't have to de- absorb everything that bothers us. It just makes our own internal temperature rise. So thank you, Springs Preserve. Good visual god puts the people in your life to walk beside you i love that in first samuel 10 26 god touched their hearts to be his constant companions this church is truly special you guys have such deep friendships here god designed us all to grow in community god touches our hearts to support to work together i truly love that god touched their hearts to be his constant companions god gave saul just what he needed he gives us what we need he brings us all together for such a time as this in first samuel 11 One month later, after Saul was appointed king, the king in modern day Jordan and Ammon leads his army against the Israelite city of Jabesh Gilead. One month after being appointed king by Samuel, Saul is tested. One month later, the king in Ammon threatens to gouge out the right eye of every one of them as a disgrace to all of Israel. Remember the Philistines gouged out Samson's eyes? These people, too, like gouging out eyes. <laughs> this must be a thing back then. He's going to gouge out the right eye of this tribe of Jabesh Gilead if they don't submit and let him take over their town. So 1 Samuel 11, 10 through 14 is where this story is. I'm just going to read some of those verses. So 1 Samuel 11, 10 through 14 and I should have marked it okay this one's funny so it's a little surprise okay first Samuel 11 10 through 14 the men of Jabesh told their enemies tomorrow we will come out to you and you can do with us as you wish But before dawn the next morning, Saul arrived, having divided his armies into three detachments. He launched a surprise attack against the Ammonites and slaughtered them the whole morning. The remnant of their army was so badly scattered that no two of them were left together. Then the people exclaimed to Samuel, Now where are those men who said Saul shouldn't rule over us? Bring them here, and we will kill them. But Saul replied, No one will be executed today, for today the Lord has rescued Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us all go to Gilgal to reaffirm Saul's kingship. So they went to Gilgal and in solemn ceremony before the Lord, they crowned him king. Then they offered peace offerings to the Lord and Saul and all the Israelites were very happy. Were very happy. So the people of Jabesh Gilead asked for a few days to stall the threat from Jordan. And Saul helps Jabesh Gilead with the surprise attacks with a surprise attack and they defeat the ammonites so they say bring out your critics now and we'll kill them people around Saul declared as i just read saul says no which he could have said yeah kill them show them that they were wrong they didn't give me gifts they didn't want to support me yeah revenge let's kill them they were wrong but saul says no and he says i'm giving credit to the lord he says the lord has rescued israel the Lord has rescued Israel. He didn't take all the gloat. He didn't take all the glory. It's all me. It's all me. I did it all. My, my, my good thoughts. I did the surprise attack. We annihilated him. He gives the Lord credit. The Lord has rescued Israel. I love that. And he doesn't want to revenge those people that were naysayers against him. He gave the Lord credit. The Lord did it. So it made me think, are we giving credit to the Lord for our victories? Do we have a lot of I, I, I? Or am I saying, God, it's all you. God, I need you for everything. God, direct my steps. I give you all the victories of my life. Saul had a good, good start. He was giving God the, the, the glory. After Saul's first victory, they affirmed Saul, his king, Saul, their king as a people, and they gave offerings to the Lord. And the Israelites, it says, were very happy that's why i wanted to start today we offer our offerings to you our praise this guy said can you imagine every day we get out of our bed and we just start praising god like joining the heavenly host blessed be your name we glorify can you imagine what a day you'll have then oh the weather oh i have to work oh my kids oh my house can you imagine just changing the atmosphere of our houses just right out of bed but it says they gave offerings and all of israel was very happy it's hard to get everyone happy right this is all of israel was very happy a lot happens in the bible when god's people give offerings samson's parents were happy they were going to have their baby boy and remember the angel disappeared right into their offering how cool was that the people gave offerings to the lord here and what is it saying they were all happy And all of Israel was happy. It makes me want to be intentional this year about my offerings to God. A lot happened in the Bible after their offerings. They had to have their part, like I talk about a lot. We do our part, and then, you know, the blessings come after we do our part. And it took, all it took, you guys, was a surprise attack. For Saul to defeat them, I love that. He, he wasn't slaving away, he just had a surprise attack. Let's divide, let's do it, let's do when they're not expecting. It was just a surprise attack. That's not so hard. This is why the soldiers came back 40 years later to get Saul's body. Your calling is bigger than you. Who are you impacting? Who do you want to impact in 2024? Don't spend valuable time and energy worrying about those who oppose you. So futile. Saul didn't worry about making them like him. He ignored the negativity. We have choices. We can ignore the negativity. That isn't easy, especially when you want to prove yourself. You can't please everyone. Jesus knew that, and he was perfect. He couldn't please everyone. Why do we try? He had been called by God's prophet Samuel, He was their very first king, nothing to compare him to yet. It is very interesting, later in his life, Saul was the one consumed with jealousy and tried to murder David multiple times. Wow, how can we get so sidetracked, can't we? From ignoring the negativity to now creating it. Wow, did Saul get sidetracked. He became just like the people that came against him. We can gain the titles, the authority, but if our heart is not changed, we are still very lost. If we don't obey and stay humble, we can easily stray. We have to run our race daily. We have to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Saul's life is such a point of modeling this. If we don't stay in step, we are going to stray. It says in First Chronicles 10, 13, So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. Unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's commands, and he even consulted a medium instead of asking and waiting on the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned his kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. He went from being selected by Samuel the prophet, winning his first battle, one month into his position, having people by his side supporting him, giving the Lord credit, and giving the Lord offerings with the people of Israel happy, to jealousy, to hatred, to disobedience. He's now riddled with fear. He's consulting a medium to injury on the battlefield, almost starving, to ending his life himself. Wow, is exactly right. Wow, I was shocked. Wow, what a decline, incredible decline. Ecclesiastes seven verse eight again, the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride you can ask more scriptures more questions about the scriptures i definitely did my first thought was why on earth did saul consult a medium a psychic he absolutely knew better absolutely knew better well thank you for asking that question too because first samuel 28 The story is and again i'm going to read it because what's better than the bible And i will summarize later as i do Uh, but sit first samuel 28 3 through 20. why on earth did samuel consult the medium does anyone care to know why Thank, thank you all right let's read it meanwhile samuel had died so his buddy the one who anointed him and appointed him king had died and all of israel had mourned for him he was buried in ramah his hometown and saul had banned all mediums and psychics from the land of israel verse 4 the philistines set up their camp and saul and the armies of israel camped in gilboa which we know he that's where he died when saul saw the vast philistine army he became frantic with fear He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Saul then said to his advisors, find a woman who is a medium so I can go and ask her what to do. His advisors replied, there's a medium in Endor, which is just the next town over. So Saul disguised himself. Oh, he has to hide it's never a good thing when we try to hide so so saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothes instead of his royal robes then he went to the woman's home at night accompanied by two of his men i have to talk to a man who has died he said will you call up his spirit for me in verse 9 are you trying to get me killed the woman demanded You know that Saul has expelled all the mediums and psychics from the land. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath, listen to this, in the name of the Lord and promised, as surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, you've deceived me. You are Saul. Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a God coming out up out of the earth, she said. What does he look like? Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized that it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me from calling me back, Samuel asked. Because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with us, and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, Why ask me if the Lord has left you and has become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would he has taken the kingdom from you and given it to your rival david the lord has done this because don't you love that we have reasons because you did not obey his instructions concerning the amalekites What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow, and you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring the entire army of Israel down in defeat. Verse 20 Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright. Because of Samuel's words, he was also faint with hunger, for he hadn't eaten anything all day and all night. When the woman saw how distraught he was, he said she said, Sir, I obeyed your command at the risk of my life. Now do what I say and let me give you something to eat so you can regain your strength for your trip back. But Saul refused. The men who were with him also urged him to eat. So he finally yielded, got up from the ground, and sat on the couch. The woman had been fattening a calf, so she hurried out and killed it. She kneaded dough and baked unleavened bread. She brought the meal to Saul and his men, and they ate it, and they went out into the night. Okay, that's crazy. So Saul had banned all the medians and psychics from Israel, but in desperation, it says, he turned to one for counsel. My footnote says, although he had removed the sin of witchcraft from the land, he did not remove it from his heart. We may make a great show of renouncing sin but if our hearts do not change the sins will return our regular life is our spiritual life what is growing in our hearts today what we do and don't do matters what do we turn to when we are feeling desperate he was so desperate he didn't hear from God he went to a psychic knowing what is right and condemning what is wrong does not take the place of doing what is right my mom used to say your actions speak louder than your words and it's so true what what we knowing what is right and condemning what is wrong does not take the place of doing what is right turning to anything but the lord is a disaster God had strictly forbidden the Israelites to have anything to do with divination, sorcery, witchcraft, mediums, and Deuteronomy 18. Sorcerers were to be put to death in Exodus 22, verse 18. People turned to the occult for answers that God would not give. Satan and demons are the source of their information. God does not reveal his will to them, obviously. Saul takes an oath in the name of the Lord to the psychic, bringing the Lord's name into this activity. It is a man looking towards anything but God. Isn't that fascinating? He's bringing God's name into this, but he's refusing to wait on the Lord. And it's like because he's in desperation, he needs his answer. He's riddled with fear. I found that fascinating. He takes an oath in the name of the Lord. You won't be hurt looking towards anything but the Lord. The medium screamed in First Samuel 28, verse 12. My footnote says, She knew all too well the spirits she usually contracted were either contrived or satanic. Samuel's appearance revealed to her that she was dealing with a power far greater than she had known she screamed this is her business she screamed it's her specialty she should have been like yep here you go she screamed you know that's a natural reaction that she was dealing with something she had never seen something far greater she even got a surprise god brought samuel back to give saul the message of his fate this in no way justifies efforts to contact the dead galatians 5 20 do not participate in demonic activities but what A story huh Samuel comes back God did not answer Saul's appeals because Saul had not followed God's previous directions because he had not followed God's previous directions God did not answer Saul's appeals are we obedient with what we know and have been told already a lot of times we don't need new revelation new revelation give me something new give me something new but to obey what we've already been told and do what we know is right man that one hit me straight in the head i don't need anything new am i being trusted with what god's already giving me because if we do if we're faithful with what we have he'll give us more right Samuel tells him that he and his sons will be with him tomorrow. In 1 Samuel 28:19, Samuel is basically telling him, "You are set to die, be destroyed. Your army is going to be given over to the Philistines. Your kingdom is going to be given to your rival David. I'll see you tomorrow." This Saul went to the medium because he was riddled with fear. This did not help him. He was now even more riddled with fear. This was not the message Saul was expecting. It says he fell to the ground, paralyzed with fear. What a story. He refuses to eat and finally gives in. The median kills her fattened calf, brings the unleavened bread for him to eat. Probably his last meal from a psychic that he had expelled from the land. She's now serving him. Crazy. And David, we know David, King David, he waited 20 years to become king after Saul. Would you wait that long? 20 years? We don't like waiting four minutes, four days, four months, four years. We are in the Amazon culture. We wanted everything the next day, right, at our doorstep. Why is it taking so long? It's it's totally, we have totally conditioned, now, now, now. David waited 20 years. I don't know about you, but I don't enjoy long-suffering and waiting. It's not my pastime. I don't enjoy it. It's not my favorite. Patience is better than pride, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1. David was king in Judah, Hebron, for seven and a half years. And Hebron was where Samson had carried Gaza's gates to. So I was like, oh, I know Hebron. That's where Samson carried the gates to. Then David captured Jerusalem, and he ruled there for 33 years. Sometimes waiting and long-suffering equals longevity, So if you're waiting in a season of waiting and hardship and long suffering, it equals longevity. David waited 20 years, but he ruled Hebron Judah for seven and a half. Then he got to rule uh, in Jerusalem for 33 years. Amazing. And David didn't take matters in his own hands. He waited for God's promise he waited he didn't take it under his own hands saul wanted an answer immediately and he went to a medium saul dies with his kingdom unraveling so scared he barely ate his body is dismembered in disobedience and defeat in first chronicles eleven four, david went to capture jerusalem Joshua could not catch uh, he could not conquer Jerusalem before. It remained in the hands of the Canaanites until David became the king. There may be only there may be assignments that only you can fulfill. David was the only one that could capture. This year I want to be signed up. Signed up to hear from the Lord, obey the Lord, serve the Lord. There may be assignments that only you can fulfill, and I truly believe that. Joshua couldn't quite capture Jerusalem, only David. It remained in the hands of the Canaanites until David became the king. Can you imagine a city that they can't even touch? And the Jebusites, a tribe of the Canaanites, occupied that land. Guess what they answered David? They answered David in 1 Chronicles 11:5 You will never get in here. What a nice welcome, right? This will never be yours. Your buddies tried, it's ours. Remember they're fighting for that little strip of land but it says David takes Zion nevertheless in 1st Chronicles 11:5 you will never get in here but it says nevertheless David captured the fortress of Zion the city of David of David Zion was on one of the hills of which Jerusalem stood what was never ends up being named after him is that amazing? Man doesn't get the final say. The city is now named after David, after they tell him, you will never get in here. Amazing. Capturing Jerusalem was a dream come true to Israel. I've been reading about David's life and his legacy. What a difference from Saul's. So many lessons on character, humility, patience, issues of our hearts. Our daily walk matters. We can apply so much to the Bible in our lives. Isn't that wonderful? I just This book comes alive. Life is so full of choices. Every single day, you and I make so many choices. In fact, we make thousands of choices a day. They're either bringing us closer to the Lord or further away. It's a heart issue. Man looks at the outward appearance, but where does God look at? The heart. God looks at our heart. We talk a lot about the environment, the environment, the environment. We're harming the environment. Well, what about the environment? What is happening within us? Shouldn't we be talking about that more? The environment. So every time I hear about the environment, the environment, save global warming, I want to think about, what, am I saving what's inside? Am I having my heart pure? The environment, what's happening within us? Are we being faithful with what we have already been given? It's a good question. Am I being faithful with what I've already been given, or do I want more, do I need more? Am I being faithful with what God's already given me as a steward? I want to do it the very best I can. Are we professing what we know is true, but not living it out? We need to ask God for guidance every day, every week. Your everyday life is your spiritual life it makes it so much easier when you think of that i don't have a spiritual life and you know it's my whole life is spiritual everything i do i want to glorify god who are you asking for guidance do you have godly counsel around you godly counsel has saved my life a zillion times i go to a friend that loves and serves God passionately don't go to a friend whose life is dark that don't have they don't have fruit on their life they're not going to lead you towards God so I go to my friends who I know have a heart for the Lord and I ask for their godly counsel are you waiting on the Lord Woo, that was hard Samuel uh, Saul obviously had a hard time waiting on the Lord and obeying the Lord Samuel would say such a good example Lord in first Samuel 3 Lord your servant is listening. Man, do we like to talk. We just love to tell people. We love to talk. Ryan and I were at a restaurant. He said, this is unusual. The guy is talking more than the girl. He just wanted like let her get a word in. And it's like, we, we love to talk. And Samuel would say, Lord, your servant is listening. A pastor I was listening to, he said his prayers now are 90% listening and 10% asking. What a difference! Because we love to give God all. You need to fix this. You need to do this. I need that. I need this. And it's like, no, I'm listening. I'm waiting on you. So good, right? Ninety percent listening versus ten percent asking. Will we wait long enough to hear? That's the good one. Will I wait long enough to hear? Will I get desperate trying to maneuver my my own way? Will we go at things our own way? I'm guilty of that sometimes. I'll do it myself. But am I waiting on God and his way? God is holy. He doesn't lower his standards. I love that. God is so holy. He doesn't lower his standards. Finishing up. The Lord turned his kingdom over to David. It reminds me of the story of the ten talents in Matthew from Jesus. He will take from someone to give to another. I don't want God... I don't want what God has given to me to be given to someone else due to my actions of rebellion, disobedience, and neglect. My regular life is my spiritual life. I don't want it taken away. God, give me more. Don't give me less. His kingdom was taken from him by his own actions. God is in no rush, isn't he? He is in no rush. There is so much to prepare inside of ourselves. Someone recently said, you know why Joseph was in captivity for so long? Because it took his heart that many years to like be okay with it all. And it made me think, yeah, he's in no rush. There's so much to prepare inside of me. Character, perseverance, humility. David waited 20 years to be appointed king after Samuel anointed him, 20 years. 20 years, but David wasn't just sitting around until then, like, oh, I'm not king yet. No, there was so much preparation to take place. David, of course, had great victories before this. He kills Goliath. He kills the lions, just like Samson. He spent a lot of time, uh, of his time, hiding from Saul as he was trying to kill him. That's That's good skills to learn. In the earlier years, David was in the kingdom serving Saul, gleaming, seeing the weight of the crown, Make the most of where you're at now. Make the most of it. Your kids, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your family. We could even say the Lord observes so much by just watching you. We learned from Saul's life, what you model is more important than what you say. What you model every day is more important than what you say. We are all modeling behaviors, attitudes, whether we realize it or not. I've cloned myself in some aspects with my 16-year-old daughter. She watches me. She finishes my sentences. It's pretty funny. It's pretty powerful. What you're modeling is powerful. We are limited to just this day. All of us are just here today. We are just here. We live one day at a time, right? Are you going to sing this song? I knew it. One day at a time. Yeah, we all live in one day at a time. Isn't that great? God gives us our daily bread He loves, we are limited to just this day. Make the most of it. Each day is important, even if we're waiting on a promise. Today is literally all we have. It's so precious. All we have is today, every single day. It's all, we only live in one day at a time. Love this. This is gonna be a good verse for me this year. Psalm 90. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We have to apply our hearts to wisdom. I want more wisdom in 2024. We can gain titles and authority. But if our heart isn't changed, we are still lost. We are leaving a legacy. You might not ever know how long you'll be remembered. The soldiers remembered Saul for what he did for them. How many years later? 40 years later, they remembered and grabbed his body and properly buried him because of the reverence for what he had done so in closing it's a new year a time to reflect where god has brought us where we want to go what goals we have what relationships matter our habits our routines jesus came to give us an abundant life the joy of the lord is our strength saul was a new king the very first king of israel saul modeled some great things in the beginning and his kingdom was blessed because of it we have to stay in step with the spirit all right let's pray dear god thank you for new you're into new new beginnings new days new years holy spirit stay close to us lord let us abide in you in every single thing we do we bless your holy name we dedicate 2024 to you let us talk of the works that you'll do let our lives have impact this year on others god search our hearts lord let us let go of what we need to that easily entangles us leaving the past and striving for what you have We want more glory, more riches, more wisdom, more strength, more joy, more happiness. We give our offerings intentionally. We lay down everything at your altar, burn off what doesn't need to be there, God. God, we dedicate our lives to you. Bless each person in this room, in this church. God, they are your servants. Give them an amazing year ahead, God meet their needs miraculously, supernaturally, God. Let us have a hunger for your word, because as we've read today, it is so entertaining and so powerfully poignant to our own lives that we can apply so many amazing concepts. God, let us grow in wisdom. We love and adore you, God. We worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year.